welcome to the New Life Fellowship podcast. New Life Fellowship is a community of grace in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Our goal is to teach and share and experience the life of Jesus Christ together. You're about to listen to a message from one of our meetings. Please make sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca. Without further ado, let's listen in. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome those who are joining us online. Uh, So last week, we we introduced a new idea. What we're going to do is rather than put the verses up on the screen, we're going to we're going to get you to look up uh, the verses in your own Bible, whether you have an actual Bible or on your phone. Uh, And I heard from a lot of you uh, good suggestions. Great suggestions. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're, we're going to put the reference up. So this morning, we're going to be uh, working out of... First, thank you. Welcome, Cheryl. Uh, we're working out of 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. And uh, so you can look that up right now and, and have it ready for you. I did find interesting, though, that's the most feedback I've ever gotten <laughs> was put the reference up there. So, so I heard you. I heard you. Lay off. Back off. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's a question. What was, what was the lie that Satan told Eve in the garden? That they could become like God, right? That, that there was something they could do to be like God. And, and it was a lie that, that she believed, she was deceived, and Adam disobeyed, and they ate. But what's interesting is Romans chapter 1 tells us that that's a lie that we've believed ever since. That it's, it's been a lie that has been um, uh, put out there that we've been, we've been trusting in. So it says in Romans 1.25 that, that they exchanged the truth about God for the lie. And as a result, they worship the creation. They worship themselves. And man ever since has sort of tried to be his own little God, doing life on his own terms, doing it his own way, where, where he's in control. And then hopefully things will happen as he plans, as he desires. The problem is that doesn't work very well. And what happens for us is we discover what a poor little God we make. And, and, and we see the disaster. We see the mess in our lives. And then we come to salvation. We come to that moment of glorious truth where we discover the gift that God's offering to us. Because he's wanting to, to trade. He's wanting to make an exchange. Trade our sins for his forgiveness. Trade the death that we're under and in and experiencing for his eternal life. Trade the shame for his love. Trade the rejection and the misery for his acceptance and approval. That's the incredible gift that, that God gives to us. And, and then this journey that we call the Christian life begins. And we, we call it a journey in an allegorical sense. And, and I, I kind of want to play off that idea with an allegory of this, this journey of going through life. And at the beginning, if you think about it, when you're first saved, it's all about who? It's all about Jesus. Like you are just so overwhelmed by the simple truth that you want to grab everyone and just say, Jesus loves you because you're just so overwhelmed that Jesus loves you. And, and so you're so excited about that. And it's, it's so wonderful and amazing. But over time, that seems to be forgotten. Or we start to question it. Does he, does he really love me? Does he still love me? 
And so we, we have some doubts that are being begun to be whispered into our minds. Questions about whether or not we're really okay and, and how safe and, sure, and secure we really are and, and if we're really still okay with God. And so as you kind of walk along in this journey, we, we come across a, a rack of cloaks. And these cloaks are, are, are nice-looking cloaks. They look really, really good. And, and you start to kind of pull the, a cloak off the rack and take a look at it, and it's, it's a heavy cloak. But that's because the material of the cloak is so good. And, and as you're kind of looking at it, you, you look at the label of this cloak, and it says responsibility. And you think, you know what? I, I think it's time that I have some responsibility. I think it's, it's time that I, I take on some responsibility, be an adult for myself, and, and this is what I need. And if, if I can show that I'm responsible, then I'll, then I'll be all right. And so we, we, we kind of put the cloak on. And it feels good, but it doesn't quite fit in some parts and other parts, and so maybe we take off the cloak and trade it for another cloak, but eventually we find a cloak on that rack that seems to fit us, seems to, to be all right. And people see the cloak and they go, wow, that, you look really good with that cloak. And, and you start to feel good about it. I mean, it's, it feels good to be responsible. It feels good to be an adult finally. And, and being able to, to have some self-determination and be able to make some of these choices in your own life. And, and it gives you a sense of purpose and, and autonomy and a sense of value. And, and you think to yourself, you know, life will be predictable now. I, I, I know what to expect and life will be less scary as a result because I've, I've got this cloak on. It, it, will, it will even provide some protection and some confidence for me going forward. And again, it's, it's a heavy cloak, but again, it feels right that it's heavy because it's a good weight. It's a healthy weight, you feel. And, and you just think, with enough time, I'll, I'll adjust to it. I'll get, I'll get used to it, and, and I'll, I'll kind of break in the cloak, and it will, it will feel good about it. And so you kind of continue on now, but again, with that newfound confidence. And, and others begin to see it. They're complimenting how well and good you look in it, and, and, and they begin to see the potential you have, the capabilities and the giftings you have. And so they, they put on top of your shoulders another cloak, potential. Potential of what they can see in you. And, and, it, and it's a, again, it's another heavy burden on there, but it's, a, it's an exciting one because they see something in you. And you're excited about that and the, and the idea that someone believes in me. Someone thinks there's potential with me. And I, okay, all right, this is, this is working. This is good. People, people see something about me and I, I like that about me. And so you're feeling good about having this potential and having someone else believe in you. And, and so now you, you, you thank them for it and you accept it and you determine to make them proud. You determine to live up to the potential that's placed on your shoulders now. And as you continue on in this journey, you start to notice some other people and other people have different kinds of cloaks. And some are much nicer cloaks and some are less nice, but, but you're noticing these other cloaks that other people are wearing. But the hardest ones to notice are people who are wearing very similar cloaks to yours, but they look better on them, right? They, they seem to look taller, and, and, and slimmer and stronger, and it seems to fit them better. And mine seems to have more rolls in the middle. I don't know. I think there's something wrong with the material. I'm sure that's what it is. But you start to look at everyone else's cloaks, and you, you start to get a little unsure now. Do they, they see what I'm seeing about my cloak? And I, I need to do something. And so we, we start to look for other cloaks to wear. 
And then we find another cloak that promises you that this will be the key to being a more pleasing Christian, to being a better Christian. And, and you, you put it on and, and you're just amazed how it first puts on. And that you, I mean, it's got a pocket for your Bible. And, and it's got another pocket for tithing envelopes. And, and it's got its own prayer tokens so you can be reminded to pray for other people. And, and when, you, when you open up the cloak, you, you see a list of things to do. Things that will guarantee that God will be pleased with you. And, and on the other side of the cloak are the things to avoid for God to be pleased with you. And you're thinking, this, this is what I've been missing. Finally, I've got some, some real structure to my life now. Some, some guidance, some goals, some wisdom to live by, some principles to apply. And so we, we put it on. And again, it's, it's heavy and it's very restrictive and it's stiff. But, but I think this is, this is what I was missing my whole life. I'm going to be okay now. And so we, we begin to continue on this journey. And, and then other people see you and they begin to hand you more cloaks. And these, these cloaks are based on the relationship you have with them. They're, they're cloaks of expectations depending on the relationship. And so you get the cloak of being a, someone's child. And then you get the cloak of being maybe a spouse, being a husband or a wife or, or a parent. The, the, you get the cloak of responsibility that comes with, with being an employee or maybe you're the owner. And, and we start to just, they hand us these cloaks and we just start to put them on one by one, by one. And again, in each side of the, inside of each cloak is, is that list of what's expected. What's expected of you as now as, as a son, as a daughter, as a, as a wife, as a husband, as a mom, as a dad, as a friend. And, and, and each friend has their own cloak. And suddenly you get more and more and more cloaks. And it's, it's getting harder and harder to move. But again, you, you want to do well. You want to help people, and, but you kind of know that, that not everything listed inside the cloak is what's expected of you. There's, there's got to be more things. In fact, there's things that I would expect of me as a friend or me as a, as a spouse. And so we put on our own cloak of expectations. I've always got to be on time. I, I got to make sure I don't, I don't cause anyone else any pain. I'm never a burden to anyone. That I... I'll do it myself. And so we, we put that, that heavy, heavy cloak on us and we're starting to move slower now through life. It's, it's heavy. You're, you're feeling the weight and, and hunched down and, and dragging your feet a little bit and, and you look and you see some other people who also are wearing all these cloaks, but they've kind of given up. They've, they've stopped moving. They've just, they've collapsed on the ground, lying in this, this puddle of cloaks. And you look at them at first with a bit of judgmental or critical attitude. What, what's their problem? Why, why can't they, they just keep moving? Like, I mean, yeah, it's heavy. I get it. I'm, I'm struggling too, but, but I think I just need more time to, to build up more muscles and, and again, break in the cloaks and they, it will work. They, they just gave up. They're not trying hard enough. And so there's a bit of a, a critical attitude looking at them, thinking they just don't have the same kind of fortitude or resilience that I do or that you do. And you, you just start to, to become negative towards them. 
And yet, there's something inside of you that looks at them with jealousy. Because you know what? They're not struggling the same way. They're miserable. Don't get me wrong. But, but they're not fighting anymore. They've just sort of accepted their fate. And you wonder, would that be easier? No, no, no. I, 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 I'm going to prove them wrong. I, I've got this potential. I've got people depending on me. I've got responsibility. I'm, I'm going to keep fighting. And so we keep going. And, and then we find this, this, this display, this table of, of cloaks that are still in their packaging. These are the dreams of what can be, what you can do, of what you could experience. Maybe it's the dream of, of, a, of, a, of you being your own boss or, or, or being promoted or, or maybe the dream of retirement and the dream of paying off all the debts. Or maybe it's the dream of being married or having kids. All kinds of different dreams are just laid out there, all in their pristine packaging. And, and you're picking them up one by one and you're like, man, this is incredible. And, and they're free? I can have as many as I, oh, this is, this is amazing. And, and, you, and you look at the packaging and, and you see the model on the package and oh boy, do they look happy. They look beautiful and they seem to have found it. They've seemed to have figured it out. And you're just thinking, that could be me one day. Oh man, this is, this is beautiful. I'll take this one. I'll take this one. And, and, and you can't figure out how to open it yet. And the dreams are there, but you're like, I'll, I'll hold on to them. And I'm sure as I go, it'll, it'll become apparent how to open it. It'll, I'll figure it out eventually, but this, I can't seem to figure it out yet. And so you were carrying all these dreams, and, and they feel good now. In fact, I've got a little bit more bounce in my step because I've got something to shoot for now. I'm reminded about why, why I'm walking in this journey. But over time, these cloaks, they start to lose some of their shine. They begin to fray. They start to, to show their wear and tear. Maybe a little mustard stain on a couple. Some holes start to form in others. And they don't, they don't look so good anymore. And they seem heavier and heavier with which each passing day. I'm more and more frustrated that these dreams just can't get unlocked. Can't figure out how to open it up. But if I just could, if I could just open up this package, this dream, everything would work. And then there's, then there's the cloaks that we don't even want to acknowledge. Some of these cloaks we've had for a long time. Some of these cloaks we've had since we were little kids. Other cloaks we've kind of picked up along the way. These are the, the cloaks of sin and shame and failure, disappointment. All the labels that, that others have placed on you or you've, you've kind of placed on yourself. Maybe it's from when you were little and, and you were abused. Maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe sexually. And now you have these labels one after another of, of being dirty and unwanted and no good. And then you have, you have other labels of just you didn't do well in school. That you just you couldn't figure out exponents. 
As hard as you tried, it just didn't make sense. (laughs) And so now you feel stupid. You feel dumb. School's not for me. Feel like an idiot. And and that's a, a few more cloaks you're putting on. Or maybe at school, the, the other kids weren't kind to you. They were, they were, maybe you were being bullied. And so now you feel like a loser and abandoned and alone and unwanted. Or maybe you were the bully. And now you feel the guilt and the regrets and the self-hatred even as a result. Each label is just another cloak, another weight on your shoulders. All that sin. And, and then later on in life, maybe, maybe you end up having an affair. Or someone cheats on you. Or you're divorced. And you have that heavy, heavy cloak just screaming divorce across, across your chest for all to see and feel judged by. And now even that, that cloak that once read potential, that felt so exciting and encouraging at the beginning, now it... You look at it and it just really failed to live up to your potential. It's just another constant reminder of not being enough, not measuring up, being inadequate, being inferior. And then then there's the cloaks of unresolved grief. The the things in our life that we didn't know how to handle, didn't know what to do with. Maybe, maybe it was a, the rejection of a parent. Maybe, maybe a parent passing. Maybe, maybe it was a child passing. Or a miscarriage. Or, or, or maybe it was just simply the dreams you had didn't come to fruition. That you had dreams when you got pregnant and that you're going to have this child and all excited only to find out that that child is handicapped now. It's got Down syndrome or or is mentally handicapped in another way, and, and suddenly you realize all those dreams you had for that child are gone. And you don't know what to do with this grief. You don't know what to do with this sadness. And, and, and when you try to show other people this cloak, they get really weirded out quickly. And they're like, uh, just put that, put that away. And soon you realize that no one wants to see that cloak. And so you, you got to bury that cloak, and, but it's just there all the time. And see, these, these cloaks of, of grief and, and despair and shame and failure, all those labels, they're not simple cloaks. They're like heavy woolen cloaks that have been dipped in water and then stored in a freezer, and then you put them on. And what they end up doing is they, they freeze you to your bones. You know what I mean by that? Where it's your bone cold. And nothing, nothing you can do seems to warm you up. You just feel it in your bones, this chill and this weight and all these restrictions of despair and disappointment. And every step is another reminder of their presence. So we try to try to deal with it in some way now. Maybe, maybe I just need to find some way to cope with it better. Some way to just 
pick me up, to encourage me, to, to make me feel better. And, and so now we pick up some cloaks of sin. Start drinking too much. Maybe we start becoming dependent on drugs. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, weed. Maybe it's a little harder street drugs. Maybe it's even over-the-counter painkillers. Where we're just we're trusting in those things now just to just to numb the pain. Just just gotta take the edge off a little bit. Maybe it's pornography or or it's illicit sexual relationships or or maybe it's those things that no one really notices as much. It's just it's food. Watching Netflix and Amazon Prime and all the other streaming services, YouTube, or just that endless scroll of social media just to check out, just so I don't have to be reminded of the weight of all these cloaks. And, and, and the promise to numb, it, it works. I'm not going to lie. In the moment, it works. Because if it didn't work, you wouldn't do it again. Now, the problem, the problem is, and this is, this is a fine print that's not, not presented up front, is that afterwards, it gives you another cloak more failure, more shame, more self-hatred, more, more rejection of your own self because, see, that, that simple sin turned into a habit that turned into an addiction that now you feel a prisoner of. And you hate yourself for it. You absolutely hate yourself for it, but you don't know how, you don't know how to escape it. You don't know what to do. So you're, you're now just sort of stumbling slowly through this journey. And, and then you have this whisper begin to, to form in your ear. This, this voice of fear. But what, what if? What if this happens? What if, what if someone rejects you? What if, what if they find out? What if, what if they look past some of these outside cloaks and they see, see that ugly, dirty, stained, shameful cloak and they want nothing to do with you? What if your spouse leaves you? What if they die? What if you lose your job? What if the government goes crazy again? What if, what if friends start to attack you? What if, what if, what if? What if you get sick? All these what ifs begin to happen. And we become anxious about it. We become worried about it. And, and now that same voice says, well, there's another cloak of what you can do. Be in control. Protect yourself. Plan ahead. Prepare for every, every contingency. And so every, every potential future is like another cloak you're putting on. What if I get cancer? What if I have a heart attack? What if my spouse gets cancer or has a heart attack? What if my kids die? What if they grow up and they, they never leave? <laughs> what, if, what if they love the world more than they love Jesus? What if, what if, what if? And all these more cloaks just are placed over our shoulders. Please understand, fear in itself is not a bad thing. Fear can be a really healthy thing. When, you, when you're out in a war zone, that fear can keep you alive, 
Because that fear could, could kind of let you know, hey, is that person safe? Is, is this person safe? Do I need to watch out for this person? We, we got some people here in our fellowship that are, are police officers. God bless you. From, all, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. But every day they're, they're, they're stepping into, they don't know what they're stepping into. And, and so that fear keeps them alert. And that's good. Here's the problem, though. Now that soldier comes home. He's not in the war zone anymore, but he still feels like he is. And everyone's a threat. Every, every corner has danger looking around it. And so he's such, such a need for it to be in control that it's killing him. And that's when fear is not healthy anymore. That's, that's this anxiety that the enemy is trying to, trying to bind us up into. So you're in that constant state of ready to run, ready to hide, or ready to fight. That's exhausting. It just drains your strength and your energy. And on top of that, you got that bone-chilling shame, and, and you got that weight of responsibility and everything just bearing down on you. And so we become frustrated. We start, we start to become angry. You know, some of our dreams that we are carrying, they're gone now. They'll never happen. I'll, I'll never be able to have kids. I'll, I'll, I'll never have that, that perfect marriage. All those hopes and desires, gone. And the ones I have left, I still can't open up. So we're frustrated and we're, we're angry at everyone else who, who isn't helping. But... But again, below all that anger, below all that despair is the fatigue that has drained our strength, both physically, but even deeper in our soul. The Bible talks about a leanness in their souls. And that's what we're seeing. But, but you want to know what the hardest part of all that is? You're, you're struggling through this journey and you have all this weight, all of these unfulfilled dreams, all of these expectations and failed potential. You have all of that bearing on your shoulder. And where's Jesus? He's right there. The whole time, he's right there doing nothing. Seemingly, nothing. I mean, he didn't, he didn't stop us from picking up some of these cloaks. He, he certainly hasn't taken any of these cloaks off. He's just standing there with all my, all my shame, all my unresolved grief, all my pain, all my despair, and he's just standing there looking at me. That's, that's even more frustrating because he just he doesn't seem to care very much. And so you just start screaming at him. Do something. Do something to take this pain off. It's killing me. Don't you care? Don't you see what it's doing to me? But, but then next to Jesus is Peter, Apostle Peter. And he, he speaks to us something that he wrote 2,000 years ago. So what we have here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Peter, Peter says to us, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you 
at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. There's, the reason that Jesus seemingly is doing nothing is because he's waiting for us. He, he's, not, he's not going to intervene until we come to him. Because you see, remember, we fell for the lie that, that said that you could be like God. You can be in control and, and you get to dictate terms and you get to do what you want. And, and really what we're wanting is we want God to serve us so that I could get my dreams and my goal and my plan executed properly. And so I don't really want God. I just want God to be a means to my end. And so he's waiting for us to humble yourself. No one, no one can do it for you. It's something you need to do yourself. And he's waiting for us. Because in verse 5, the verse before, Peter says that he gives grace to the humble. But he opposes the proud. Now that might seem harsh that he opposes the proud, but it's the most loving thing he can do. Because you see, if he doesn't oppose the proud, he enables the proud. He enables that, that independence and that rebellion. He, he would just simply be helping you carry more and more cloaks. But he wants to give grace to the humble. And so he's asking you and I, will you humble yourself under my mighty hand? It's an act of trust. It's an, it's an act of handing ourselves over to him to place ourselves under his authority, to submit to him. Please understand this, this surrender, the submission that we're being asked to do is not to his power. Yes, we are submitting ourselves to under his mighty hand, but it's not a submission to his power because when we do that, we've given up. That's the attitude of like, I can't beat God. He's bigger than me. He's stronger than me. He's going to get his way. So take it, do whatever you want with it. He wants your heart which means you and I, we have to surrender to his love. And that's what Peter's reminding us. He says, cast all your burdens, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Isn't that a good word? That, that he understands what you're going through and he knows what, what's happening. And he says, I, I love you. I want to care for you, but I need you to trust me. I need you to humble yourself. Well, how do I do that then? That's what Peter was trying to, <clears throat> trying to explain to us in verse 7. By casting your cares, by casting your burdens onto him. You know, this word cast, <clears throat> it only appears one other time in all the New Testament. And I, I can't help but think that that's intentional. That the Holy Spirit using this word here in 1 Peter was trying to point us to the other time he uses it. And it's in Luke chapter 19. You don't have to turn to it. But in Luke 19, it's, it's the, the triumphal entry of Jesus. Right? The Palm Sunday, the week before he's crucified, Jesus 
enters in a triumphant way. But was it on a, a, a beautiful white steed? No, it was on a simple donkey. A donkey he did not even own. Instructed his disciples to, to go into town. You're going to find a man on this street corner. He's got a donkey. Take it. If, they, if he asks why, say the Lord needs it. And that's what happened. Don't do that with cars, by the way, guys. That's, that's, that's not the lesson here. So they walk into town, and, and they find the donkey, and they bring it to Jesus. And it says that they cast their cloaks onto the donkey. And Jesus got onto the donkey, and he rode in victory into Jerusalem. What a picture. What a picture of this, this idea that the disciples were, were taking their cloaks and they were casting it. They were throwing it on top of the donkey that Jesus would reign over and on top of. I think that's what we see in, in Psalm 55, verse 22, where we're told to cast all of our burdens onto the Lord, for he will sustain you. He will give us the strength and the power. Okay, so that's an... That's an interesting picture. It's an interesting allegory, but I don't live in an allegory. I live in real world, in life. And so what does that mean practically? I think, I think first what it means practically is what it means to cast our, our burdens, cast those cloaks onto him, is we pray. We talk with him about it. We have an actual conversation with Jesus. And it doesn't need to be pretty. You, you, you don't sit there and, and take off a cloak and fold it up neatly and, and you know, fold it in thirds and everything so it looked like it was, you know, when you got it from the store and then hand it gently to him. It just says, throw it, cast it. So if you just take it off, bundle it up and throw it like you're throwing it into the laundry hamper, great. That's what he's asking for. He says, throw it to me. So your prayer doesn't need to be fancy. Doesn't need to sound all King Jamesy. You don't need to be polite. You don't need to censor your language. You don't have to hold anything back. And sometimes their tears and their groans and their cries, sometimes their anger. But make sure you listen. Make sure you listen to him as after you start talking about the shame and, and the disappointment and the failures and every cloak that you're wearing and you're presenting it to him, listen to what he has to say to you. Most common answer I get at this point, though, is that that won't work. That won't work because I tried it and, it and it didn't work. And I, I say, so you... You, you gave over to him what you were struggling. Maybe it was your marriage. You're struggling your marriage, and it wasn't going the way you wanted it to. And so you gave it to God and said, God, I surrender it to you. Do whatever you want with it. Yep. And it didn't work. Nope. Explain how it didn't work. Well, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. So you didn't surrender it. See, surrendering, it means that, God, you can do whatever you want. Repair, fix my marriage, or don't. Heal it, or let it fall apart. 
That's your responsibility now. That's your burden to carry, not mine. And so that surrender is hard because it's, it's letting go of control. So maybe there's some dreams I've been holding on to and I have to give them to God. And God takes that dream and he puts it down and it's not for me anymore. Or maybe he takes the dream and he holds on to it and he says, but right now, right now I'm going to hold on to this. The other thing I hear from people as to why it won't work is, is they think, well, I just, I don't, I won't hear from him. I talk to him, but he doesn't talk to me and I won't hear from him. Did you hear the lie? I won't hear from him. It's the lie from the flesh keeping you from even going to him in the first place. If you're worried about that, say, God, I don't know how to hear from you. I don't know how to recognize your voice. So that's on you, God, to make it clear to me now. And it is on him. It's his job to to make it clear to us. And I, I think if we put that onus on him, knowing that he cares for us and how much he loves us, he will begin to make it clear to us what he's saying. Again, it won't be simple. It won't be with his booming voice. But at least we have to go to him with the expectation that he's going to speak to us. James chapter 1 talks about how if we go to God, but we don't believe that he's good, and we don't believe that he cares about us, and we don't believe that he wants to give to us, we're like the sea that is being tossed to and fro by the wind, in and out, in and out. We have to go with the expectation that, God, I'm going to meet with you and you're going to speak to me. And it may take some time. And it may take some faith and some trust in that, but he will speak to you because he cares. And those prayers should be about knowing his wisdom, knowing his will, what his plan is, his guidance, so that I'm not trying to be God in my own life. And so one at a time, we, we take off a cloak and we, we hand it to him. And, and, and some of those cloaks we throw down never to pick up again, like the expectations of others. The expectations that you've, you've been living under, trying to measure up to other people to gain their approval and acceptance, God says, you don't need that anymore. That's not for you. Toss it to the ground, walk away. And that feels good feels lighter all of a sudden. I'm, I'm free. Others we throw down because they were yours for a time, but they're not yours to carry anymore. Maybe it was a, a role you had or a ministry you had or a relationship you had that, that was good for a time, but, but there's some pruning going on. And that season has come to an end. And so now you throw that responsibility down. You throw that cloak down. Some cloaks are the lies that we reject, uh, that we believe about ourselves, that we need to reject. Lies that you're broken, that you're incapable, you're dirty, you're alone, you're used, you're unlovable. He says, take all those cloaks off and throw them down one at a time. That's a lie. I choose not to believe that anymore. Reject that one and throw off those cloaks. And then you see Jesus handing you a new cloak. The truth of who you really are, that you're loved, that you're beautiful, that you're wanted, 
that you're important and you have value. He's inscribed your name on his wrist. That's how important you are to him. A single day goes by that he's not thinking of you and loving you. And you put those cloaks on, and these cloaks are different. These clothes are made by elves or something because they're light. And they're beautiful. And they fit you perfectly. They're meant for you. And and the more you put on these cloaks, they don't become a burden. They they make you stronger. They they make you freer. They even even fix your posture. I mean, you're you're standing up straight all of a sudden now. And that lower back pain's gone. I mean, it's, it's amazing what the truth of what God says does for us. And then there's some cloaks that are heavy burdens. And we're like, oh, I can't wait to throw this one down. This, this relationship's killing me. I just want to get rid of it. And God says, ah, not so fast. Not so fast. Don't, don't run away from that marriage. Don't run away from that friend. I know, that, I know it's messy. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But trust me. This one, this one we keep. But we're going to do it together. Together, we're going to carry this cloak. Together. See, the mistake we made the first time we put that cloak on and, and we had great intentions, we wanted to love them like Jesus would love them. So that's not what he's asking us to. He's asking you to love like him because that's the lie that you could be like God. Instead, he's not saying, love like me. He says, will you love them with my love? My actual love, my actual strength, my actual power is able to carry this burden. And we'll do it together, you and me. And it's hard because there are times we want to take back control and, and fear is continuing to whisper and, and doubts are continuing to place and, and we're continuing to wanting to put more cloaks on. But we're going to have to trust him to throw down those cloaks, to reject them. <clears throat> and, maybe, and maybe this one's the hardest to humble ourselves. Maybe we have to ask for help from a friend, from a from a spouse, from a counselor. Help someone, ask for help from, from someone else to kind of sort through those cloaks. Because some of those lies that you've been wearing, they don't feel like lies. You, you can't imagine that, that, that you're unwanted and used and no good is anything but the truth. And so you ask for help, and will you actually receive it? I mean, actually, actually receive the love that they're offering to you so that when they say to you will, you, will you give me the cloak so we can throw it down together so that Jesus can give you a new cloak, a different cloak? Will you, will you trust me with that? Or maybe it's a friend who is willing to just sit and listen with you as you unpack this unresolved grief the sadness of what dreams were lost, of the pain that you experienced as a child, the, the hopes you, you were dashed when your parent died too soon and things were left unsaid, or when a child passes before their time. 
And, and you'll know when, when you're beginning to, to cast off these cloaks and you'll know because you'll sense a freedom, but often it'll be a freedom where, where nothing's changed, but everything's different. I mean, circumstances are the same. You, you still have the same messy relationships and, and you have the same problems over here and Greg's still Greg. I mean, that's just, so you have all those things going on around us, but everything's different because inside that, that bone chilling cloak that was zapping your strength, that fear and anxiety that was keeping you all balled up and, and that's like a spring ready to pounce, it's gone now. And you've, found that you can rest, rest in Jesus, rest in his strength. And one day you look up and you realize that you're riding with Jesus on his donkey, sitting on your cloaks. I invite the worship team to come on back up here. And as I close in prayer, Father, It's an allegory. It's a a picture of things. But Father, we're going to have to trust your spirit now to help identify what that means in each of our lives. What are the cloaks that each of us has been wearing? What What are the cloaks that we've been burdened under and that we've been struggling with? What are the what are the lies, the messages of shame, of inadequacy? Would you help show us those cloaks, Jesus? And may we have the courage to trust you with it, to humble ourselves, because you're waiting for us to do that now. And the moment we humble ourselves, you are right there to offer us your grace. You are right there to love us. You're right there to take the cloak from us, because we know you care. We love us. We know that you're the Prince of Peace. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the New Life Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more great content, please be sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca, and sign up for our mailing list. Subscribers will receive our The Life in the Apartment ebook that is sure to encourage and bless. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the latest services and additional video content. New Life Fellowship is a registered charity that is supported by the giving of partners and friends. All donations will be received. If you would like to donate, donate at newlifekw.ca. Your giving is highly valued and appreciated. You are loved. Take care.